The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co-host, Keith Campagna. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, and thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. Uh, we continue to hope uh, that everyone uh, is doing well. Uh, we are certainly thinking about everybody on the West Coast uh, in the fires, um, pretty tragic, and now we've got the Gulf Coast uh, under Hurricane Sally. Um, we've got the pandemic going on, but you're here. You're here on Geek Skeezers and Googleization. So what we're going to be talking about today uh, is uh, something else that's quite relevant. Uh, seems like it's out of science fiction uh, that we're going to be talking about contact tracing. And uh, we've got a guest, Gord Zielstra. Um, thanks to Keith. Uh, he made the intro. Fascinating guy. Fascinating company. And Keith, if we, you and I were talking about have people having monitors or take this scenario let, let's set the stage that we walk into a company and you know we're used to especially in you know with privacy confidentiality violence uh we need to check in and so we they, we'd, we'd have a signature uh they may give us a tag to walk around the building well now that tag uh traces our steps and not only does it tra does it track who we are and that they can identify us, but it also, you know, you and I are, are a couple miles apart at this point. But had this been normal times, you'd be sitting next to me. And maybe this is the, maybe we need to get the Gord's uh, company to give us some contact tracing. You'd come in and I'd slide over. I guess I'll slide over this way, so it'll be right. Uh, you're right next to me. And the tracer starts going off because we're within six feet of one another. Mm -hmm. And not only does it track how close we are together, but how many seconds we were in contact together. Uh, and it's like, whoa, okay, that sounds like scary stuff. That sounds like a science fiction movie. Uh, and then we hear all the privacy. Well, I don't want anybody knowing that stuff about us. But on the other hand, that's how we get out of this mess. That's exactly how we get out of this mess. And just this morning, that story surfaced again uh, about the wedding in Maine. Uh, got an alert just a few minutes before we went on the air. Um, and it's maybe about a month ago. And they've tracked seven people infected to COVID who were not at that event. They had nothing to do with the wedding. Yeah. And there's seven people now infected with COVID who were not there. I tell you what, it's incredible to think that we're witnessing this in real time. And and what I mean by that is there are answers. You know, we've talked about this for a while. The answer goes beyond zero or 100%. There's a middle way 
to get things done. And talking to Gord, I know his company. I know what his, what his strategies are at, at a decent level. I, me personally, I love what they're doing because they address all of the concerns, whether those concerns be privacy or containment of COVID. Uh, they do it in what you and I consider the most obvious way, the proper use of technology. And that's what we've been talking about for the last almost th- two years now, right? We have been. I mean, this this sort of accelerated um, the time I talked with. There wasn't a whole lot we weren't anticipating that was going to happen, um, but it just happened a whole lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people pushing back, just like they did before. Right? We would talk about technology and taking the humanity out of HR and, and the world. And, and yet uh, there's a whole lot of improvements. And, the, you know, some of the we, we got to, you know, I don't want to say we just got to take the bad with the good, but there's a lot of good things that can happen with this. And, you know, you know, every year we, we're talking about another flu season. And the reason we talk about flu seasons is because people have lousy hygiene. People would come to work sick. Um, because they they didn't want to lose a, a sick day, or they didn't have sick days, or they needed to pay, or they didn't want to lose a vacation day. So people came to work sick. You sent your kids to school sick. Uh, daycares were literally petri dishes for infection. Right. And once it started, everybody in the family got it, and then it just recurred. And we just took that as normal. And then you get COVID nineteen. Yeah, they're really infectious disease. So we've got that coming up as well. There's a lot of other things. We, you and I, we, I would definitely want to get Gord into this conversation. Uh, but just this morning, I, I, you know, it, it's just crazy. We talk about VUCA, you know, which is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Um, I literally, minutes before the show, got off the phone with uh, someone who's going to be our guest in a few weeks, uh, Mike Raven and Ross Thornley. Uh, they have a company called Adaptability AQ. Uh, they have an app. Uh, it's called Adaptability Quotient. Uh, they have adaptability, adaptability AI, and fascinating. They're working with uh, organizations like Singularity University. Um, I'm going to to invest a, a, a part within there because I, I think it's a, it's a fantastic tool. Uh, and we also and they're working with uh, one of our old friends, uh, Enrique uh, Rubio, yes. uh, hacking HR. Right. Uh, They just introduced it there. So it's a fascinating tool of looking at adaptability, and it looks at both our ability to adapt, our character, do we have it within us when we talk about resilience and and other factors and the mental agility, uh, mental alertness, but they also talk about unlearning, which is interesting because that kind of leads into the other subject about unlearning being a skill. We talk about how we need to learn, but now there's every day I'm seeing this unlearning process that we need to unlearn what we did you know it, it it puts a huge smile on my face for two reasons one to to go back to what you just said and then i'm going to hop back to what you said prior to that in 2019 i had one new year's resolution and that resolution was to i was going to increase one habit and that habit was to break as many habits that i had in 2018 so the idea that there's this momentum building to the value of unlearning habits, recognizing how to build on those and the outcome. I hope you, you feel comfortable me throwing you under the bus here as a testimonial here. The outcome is that an improved me now exists because of the unlearning that I did. And second, I love that they're coming on to the show because just like having Gordon today, if HR really wants to get that seat at the table, they can't show up at the table with their hair on fire. 
They have to have ideas like the ones we're talking about on the show that can literally impact the business. And I can't imagine there being a better time than for our HR listeners to recognize that you can be a strategic partner because now everyone inside your organization is looking for answers and it's guests like Gord and the guys coming on in a few weeks that actually can provide them. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I, I, I want to be able to get Gord on right away. And maybe this is, is the setup. Um, I, there was just a study. And again, looking at this unlearning thing, um, there was a study that came out. Uh, it was based on millions of people in the LinkedIn profiles that uh, I'm just going to read it. 58% are not confident that they can find new jobs where their skills would apply. That's one. But here was the other part is 57 percent, almost the same amount. Maybe it's the same people can't identify skills, what skills they have that they could get a new job. I mean, that's absurd. I mean, six out of 10 people are saying, I don't know if my skills, I don't know how I can apply my skills to get a new job. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's crazy. And so it fits into what skills do they need to learn? What do they need to unlearn? Um, which means people need to adapt and all this stuff just starts to spin into its own. But we can't get beyond any of this uh, if we can't go out and apply for a job. I and mean, we apply for jobs online. But, you know, what does work look like? And we're going to apply for a job. But I'm fearful of going to work because I you know, I've got kids or I've got older parents or I got to take care of somebody or I'm concerned with my family. So I can't really go out and get a new job. So I don't know what to what my skills are to get a new job. And even if I knew what my skills are, I don't know if I want to go back. I want to go. I want to work, but I don't want to I, I don't want to go back into work. <laughs> Thank goodness. There's the Geek Skeezers and Googleization podcast to help people with all this. <laughs> Somebody like Gord, who's got a, able, com, whose company is able to solve the world's problem. So, just uh, um, we'll have him make an introduction. But I know you've met him before you came on. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys were passing back and forth um, in in air, air, trains, planes, and automobiles, I guess, for a while. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Gord is a phenomenal asset to his team. He's actually got a phenomenal story in terms of his his awareness inside of HR on a global level. And I'm sure he's going to share with us how he got into uh, TraySafe. So uh, maybe it's time to bring him in and get him to tell everybody how to not worry anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So the story I, I gave this morning about kind of walking through, they actually have in one of their, one of the, uh, uh, some of the collateral that they had, they actually had this path of the individual uh, of, of somebody coming into an office and, you know, they, they took, sort of took the pathway. So I can't wait to talk about that. Um, but um, Gord, uh, company Trace Safe, uh, is uh, working with governments, uh, sporting events. I just saw this morning and that, again, things happen crazy. Uh, Big Ten canceled their, their, their season. Now they're back on. Uh, are they going to be showing up in, in events and what's going to happen to all the students and the universities? And meanwhile, you got universities that are struggling with uh, infection rates. And now we're going to have football. Uh, crazy stuff. Uh, and national football season started. And, you know, we had an event where people were spaced. Most of people seem to be spaced appropriately. And most people had their masks actually over their no mask or their mouth and their nose, not under the chin. Uh, as we say, yeah, I'm wearing my mask, but it's not covering the, right. the virus. Um, 
And um, yeah, so here we are. So welcome to the show, Gord. And can't wait to talk about it. What a what a, a, a crazy topic. And as I said, for, six months ago, I think everybody would be up in arms. It's like this will never happen. The governments won't allow it to happen. And what about privacy? And here we are. <laughs> uh, that's right. And, well, it's it's great to be on the show. And 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 thank you for that. You know, wonderful lead in and and that sort of thing. Um, it's it's certainly an amazing topic. Uh, I'm I'm fortunate to be in inside of the topic with a variety of different industries. And you've kind of talked about sport and government and workplaces and being around the world. I mean, this is something that's really not you know it, it, it's it's one of these things that's not pertained to any specific individuals, certainly not pertain to any geography, but rather it's all encompassing. And so it's been a fun, as, as somebody who gets to talk about solutions to, you know, fairly fundamental talent related problems, um, my, my whole career, this is kind of dovetailing really nicely in, into an exciting day for me and, and, and certainly today to be talking to you about this. So Really, I mean, you've had an interesting background. Your background yeah. came from not not in um, basically healthcare or or contact, right. but HR tech. Correct? That's right. Yeah, yeah and then I would say you know somewhat accidentally in in terms of getting into uh, HR tech, I, I probably had more of an interest in getting involved in politics or musical theater um, as as. Uh, <laughs> coming out of university but it's amazing how um musical theater and uh, and politics someday are very much like hr tech um i i could probably take a whole different conversation on 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 that but, but no, this- back. well i'd love to have that conversation because, <laughs> as because your your path to uh to uh to trace safe might be as crazy as mine from dentistry to to doing what I do, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's um, th- this has been an, a, an amazing ride, and um, and and I would I would say, you know, my career started in in the early days of the World Wide Web, being you know one of the very first employees at, at Monster.com back in the mid '90s, and um, and taking that through as a very disruptive type of technology that was replacing how people were a looking for jobs, which was waiting for a Sunday newspaper, um, you know, to uh, certainly a wide open arena for how companies would advertise and talk about their brand um, through through a new the new medium of the World Wide Web. Um, and you kind of fast forward that that onwards. And, you know, after I had done sort of helping create a monster, we had to curtail that monster a little bit with an applicant tracking system. And, and you know, so this was the disruption of kind of taking resumes and profiles, um, you know, from from um, a filing cabinet into an applicant tracking system. And so I was fortunate enough to spend um, some great years with uh, with what would later be called Taleo and what would later be called Verve um, in in much of my time throughout the uh, the 2000s. Um, so I had a chance to, to move uh, across the world, see how different countries and HR departments were struggling with that particular challenge. Um, took a little bit of a break and, and tried my hand at Canadian politics and uh, and ran in a federal election here in Canada um, and uh, and so you know that that was fun but learned that I couldn't uh, leave my day job um, not on my choice necessarily but lost that election and, uh, and and was was fortunate enough to 
to actually join uh, Success Factors through a really exciting time in their history, both in terms of moving from performance management into a larger HR spectrum. And, you know, so, so having spent some time there and living back again in Asia and seeing some of the complexities and challenges in, in Asia as it relates to HR software, you know, I really got quite passionate about, um, you know, where HR technology was going in terms of really driving at employees' needs and the whole topic of engagement and culture and, and really this wellness conversation that was coming out of that. And so that whole interest kind of came at a time where, um, you know, I was looking at certain ROI elements that, that companies have in terms of their people and building their people up through this. And, um, and, and have been kind of working with a number of organizations on that front. And, and, you know, and then COVID hits. And, you know, the very same things that companies are dealing with around culture, engagement, retention, and all those types of things are now thrown out the window, so to speak. It's, it's kind of like, let's focus on the wellness of our employees. Let's focus upon, you know, making sure everybody's safe. And when we say everybody, we don't just mean the people that are walking around with smartphones that can check into an app and answer a question. We literally mean everybody that comes into contact with our employees, whether they're on a shop floor, in a manufacturing plant, in a laboratory, as salespeople, as consultants roaming around offices um, and around the world. And while travel has also stopped, you know, how do you actually think about those types of things? So this opportunity with, with, uh, with TraySafe came up. And it really was uh, at, a, at an important time where I think companies are now faced with this, this dilemma of how do we get back to work again? How do we make a safe uh, workplace thrive with, uh, with the talent that we have? And I got to believe, Gord, you come with a phenomenal perspective that is a key differentiator because from my humble perspective, the people, the stakeholders inside of corporations, inside of venues, sport teams, et cetera, they want to know that there is a effort to protect the, the data, protect the people in, in an effort to keep everyone safe and, and not concerned that Big Brother is, uh, is upon them in the year 2020, right? So could you share a little bit about the nuances as it relates to the way that the contact tracing works, because you know this already, right? I'm certainly one of those people that is not a fan of surveillance. And, and we've, uh, you know, what's his name? Edward Snowden just got, uh, he got laid, let, let go, or what's it called? Acquitted for mm-hmm. all the things based off of what we were told was going on and what he knew was, was the truth. So maybe to clarify a few things so that our audience can feel safer about Trace Safe and what they can look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we take a few cues from, from, you know, different things. Um, You know, when we think about, when we think about safety, and we think about, you know, what, what makes people safe. And, you know, certainly there's, there's many people who, who maybe come to this conversation today and are thinking about this conversation. And they've been in a situation where they understand safety at its core. So maybe, you know, you've served in the military. Yeah, you, you, you've served in some branch of that. Maybe you're a parent. And so safety means to you this whole ability of, you know, how do I keep people out of danger's way? And what is the combination of those types of things? And this isn't just theory. This is practice in every sense of it. And what it boils down to, I think, is, is, you know, two fundamental things. It's first we approach this with 
trust. So we have to be able to trust those people around us. If I'm a, you know, a, a parent, I'm, I'm trusting that, you know, we're taking, you know, safe actions together that, um, you know, we're, we're working together to keep each other safe in our household or as we're out and about. If I'm in the military or in the Navy or, or, or some branch um, that is, you know, known for this particular area, I'm looking out for other people to this level that goes beyond just a basic sense of trust. Um, I could take that one step further and I think about, you know, the manager to the employee relationship, or I think about this in terms of, you know, my government's responsibility, um, you know, towards, towards this too. And there's a point at which I take where I want that trust to extend, but I don't want them following me around everywhere I go. The second aspect is a sense of cooperation. And cooperation means, you know, that, that we are in this together, that there are, we're only as good as the lowest common denominator in, in this sort of thing. If there is a breach of anything, let alone trust, that, that things are going to fall down with this. Mm-hmm. And so when you approach this sort of concept of whether it's getting back to sport or whether it's getting back to the workplace, I believe that you have to bring these two elements back. The employer has to trust the employee to do what's well. They ha- there has to be a level of cooperation. If an employee is going to show up and say, you know what, I really don't care about this. I don't believe this COVID stuff. I don't think this is going to spread. I'm going to take haphazard action. I'm going to let my guard down and things are likely going to go more wrong than they would in other situations. And so it's different things like what are we going to do together to get through this? And then I think that the other part of it is, is that, you know, how do we make this sort of utilitarian enough for all of all of the people um, around that? And so we kind of took those two aspects and we said, how can we apply trust How can we uh, provide cooperation? And for us, it meant that um, we wanted to be able to say, okay, just like now I'm walking into a workplace and I may have to fill out a questionnaire. Who am I seeing? Where am I going? What's my meeting with? Who's my meeting time with? That there's maybe some application. And so we looked at this from a standpoint of would people wear a temporary wristband? Would they be able to say I'm walking into the building through that? Or it's like an ID tag. Could I put something on an ID tag that would allow me to come in for the portion of time that I'm visiting this office or this particular location? But once I leave, you don't need to follow me around anymore. I don't need to have this app always running in the background or in the foreground as it may as it may be. But basically, we no longer need to have that barrier. But what I would like you to do is if you feel sick in the next 10 days or three days or 14 days or whatever it might be, that we have a, a way to be able to alert our employees or to alert those that are affected. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And now when somebody leaves that facility or that venue, how would they be able to know how, like it, there, tell us more about how the system keeps the, um, keeps the individual's information at, yeah. at bay while serving the functionality of, of the, you know, what we're doing here with TraceSafe. Yeah, so let's you know let's maybe use the example of a sports um, venue and a and, and a sports game. So just just as this morning, where the announcement of you know Big Ten football is is going to return in in October, and and you know, now we're going to be not just putting people in venues. We're 
we're, we're you know taking this big leap. I mean, there's some big, big stadiums. I'm I'm sitting here in Canada, and we're not you know quite as it is uh, used to uh, college football necessarily. But I have had the occasion in the last few years to partake in some amazing games at, uh, at, at Tennessee and Mississippi and Alabama and that sort of thing. And so I, uh, I've seen how many people get packed into that. I, I, I've seen how, you know, um, that people are just enthralled with high-fiving and hugging and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, how we look at a solution like that, you know, would would be, again, this is going to be a time frame period. So perhaps the game lasts for, you know, three hours. What we do in our situation is, is that, and I apologize for those that are just maybe paying attention audibly on this and don't see the visual, but, you know, I've got a, I've got a wristband here and it looks like a temporary wristband and it's got a Bluetooth chip that's, that's going to be in this. As I'm walking up to my venue and I'm coming into that game, I have the ability for every fan, regardless of how, how old they might be, four years of age or, you know, 90 years of age coming to that game they may not have their mobile phone on them but we can put this wristband on them that's going to be hypoallergenic and waterproof and all of that sort of thing it's going to be able to be um, taken off after the game is over and that sort of thing we walk into the venue i go and i i sit in my seat and perhaps I'm attending with my family, and so different wristbands can be grouped together. But essentially what we're going to do with this wristband is for any period of time back to the distance that we would apply, and so maybe that distance is two meters or maybe it's two feet, if we're two feet apart from each other, or if, um, if we're in, in proximity of like two feet for more than two minutes long, that our, our wristband is going to talk to the other wristband, and that connection is going to be made. By the time I pass through the entrances or the exits of those gates, the information is now going to transition from the wristband up into a gateway. And the gateway is going to notify that these people or these wristbands were in combination with each other. It's not going to have identifiable you know, features to it. It's not going to say that Gord and Keith you know, were connected with each other and Ira was there and you know, all of a sudden we're all having um, you know, uh, you know, close times at, at, at the football game together. It's identifiable by a wristband serial number that's associated with this. And so after the game is over, I leave, I destroy my wristband, but I've got the notification elements. I've got the serial number from this wristband. And the notification goes up. If you feel sick, if you feel like you're symptomatic or you've got, you know, some, some concerns that are cropping up, we invite you to come back in, upload the serial number, and we will notify the people, who, however many people that there are, that somebody with symptoms may have come in contact with you for a period of time at the football game. So no need to spread, spread fear, uncertainty, and doubt through the 80,000 people that are in the stadium, but rather to, to curtail it to just those people that potentially would be affected. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, and I can't wait to, to come back, but we, we are up against the break. Uh, and uh, we've been listening to Gord Zilstra from uh, Trace Safe. We're talking about contact tracing and social distancing and technology and how it fits into the HR world and, and the future and beyond HR, uh, how, how it fits into our day-to-day lives, even if you want to get back to a football game. Uh, you've been listening to uh, Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization. Um, I'm with Keith. Today, we're actually in different places, but uh, Keith uh, Compagna, my co-host, is with me. We're going to take a short break. We're going to hear from our sponsors, Zor.ai and Success Performance Solutions. So stay right where you are. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Imagine how your company would grow 
if your candidate experience earned a 99% approval rating? Well, to get to 99%, you need the three best letters in recruitment technology, XOR. Zor's text bots, chat bots, and audio bots increased IKEA's candidate conversion rate 455%. Zor decreases candidate drop-off rates, improves your candidate experience, and collects analytics for future strategies. To learn more, check out Zor.ai. That's XOR.ai. Hiring top talent shouldn't be left up to the roll of the dice. And yet, that's exactly what many organizations do. They roll the dice, cross their fingers, and pray for a better outcome. Hiring the right employees the first time is much too important and way too costly to leave to a game of chance. Your employees and your customers deserve better. For 25 years, Success Performance Solution has been helping small and medium-sized businesses hire smarter. They offer pre-employment and leadership assessments from typing and data entry to C-suite competence. Whether it's production, sales, healthcare, call centers, or management, Success Performance Solutions can help. Visit their website at www.successperformancesolutions.com to schedule a free demo or call 800-803-4303. Hey, welcome back everyone to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm here with my co-host Keith Campagna, and our guest today is Gord Zielstra from Trace Safe. Uh, we're talking about contact tracing and social distancing. Uh, we left off talking about uh, some of the, uh, you know, how it's done. Uh, I guess one of the things we did skip over, uh, and just to make sure we're all on the same page, Gord, can can you de- can you define or describe uh, contact tracing? What is it? I, you know, there there may be some people that have a misconception about what it actually is. Yeah, I mean, certainly, um, you know, I think I think there's maybe some confusion around the fact of, you know, are we are we tracking people or um, are we really um, and that would speak to the fact that we're actually creating a map of their particular journey. And as you know, everywhere that they're going, we're keeping track of them and, 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 and where they're going with this. And then more specifically, what we're talking about today and specifically with, with TraySafe, which is around, you know, making sure that the people who we're having contact with, that we're respecting the social distancing um, uh, recommendations that are put in front of us either by our employer or certainly by governments and and other considerations, and that if there is a means where somebody does get sick and has crossed that threshold, be it time or distance, that we have a way of getting in touch with those types of people to notify them of any type of of concern or or situation that they should take upon themselves, like getting tested or going to a hospital or clinic. So how... I, I would assume, um, and again, you're worldwide, correct? I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it has the, you know, and I know there's a, a well, there's debate around the world, but there, there's certainly debate in the U.S. Uh, about this. We, we have the people who believe, you know, in it, and there's the other group that believes even wearing a mask is a threat to our personal freedoms and so forth. Um, has, and I don't want to politicize this, but has the uptake, has the acceptance of contact tracing world globally been higher than the U.S.? Um, or, you know, obviously there's, there's countries that impose it upon people. I mean, in Hong Kong, I mean, for instance, yeah. I, that's yeah. a friend that were just there. And they are, as soon as they get off the plane, they get they get a wrist. Yeah. And they, they're called three times a day. They're tracked. Yeah. 
they cannot leave their apartment. Um, I'm not sure that will would ever, obviously, even wearing a mask is is, is threat. So in the U.S., that would be a huge debate. Um, but um, you know, what what's your sense of where this is globally? Are people accepting contact tracing as a way of life, or is it still pretty much a challenge? Well, and, and I think that you know the, the political conversation is is certainly one thing, and and not to and not to be dismissive of it. I think that you know the types of organizations and and people that we're having conversations, you know, uh, initiated from, are are folks that you know need to solve a very significant problem, and some of that is really ROI driven. You know what what damage is being done to you know number one, you know my employees not returning to work. You know, are we able to continue to serve the customers that we have? You know, perhaps in some situations there's a supply chain that's at risk here. And I think specifically of food or I think, you know, of precious metals or, or you know, mining and, and, and forestry needs and laboratory needs and things like that. To have to have the impact of, of an office or a warehouse or a factory, um, you know, be shut down or potentially shut down is an economic one. It is a, a it is a people one. It is a health and wellness one, and it kind of extends through that. And it doesn't have to be political. Um, you know, f- certainly from a standpoint of you know m- making the debate around risk, you know, of uh, face masks or or anything else like that. There is a consideration of you know people saying I don't want to do it or I don't have to do it. And I I I would say you know we're looking for a way to be able to provide a solution where people can feel safe, number one, so that everybody would be tracked if in fact they do have the virus. And then we tell people to stay home, but we don't have to shut down entire plants. We don't have to shut down entire supply chains. But to answer more your your specific question, when we approach it that way, um, this, this has had the same sort of pockets of uptake around the world. There's literally not been a part of the region that has been left out. I mean, I, I can tell you that my, my day starts every day in, in talking to somebody in Mongolia, then I move through to Singapore, then I move through to India. And by the time my day ends at the end of the night, I'm usually talking to somebody in Singapore. It, it, it kind of moves throughout the globe and I have different types of conversations with different organizations, but I do believe that this is a universal problem and it's, it's, it, it's being confronted in different ways, um, you know, very specifically here in the United States uh, and, and um, North America. And, and I want to dig a little bit deeper here because, again, you have that HR background. You're not yeah. some sort of Silicon Valley tech group that's trying to validate their super, you know, artificial intelligence bot. You're coming from like, so, so with that in mind, how do you see an effective collaboration with the the senior levels inside of any it could be a global organization could be a local organization and how does hr get to help shape that uh, the, the the deployment maybe of TraceSafe? yeah so we see some really interesting you know starting points in the conversation so we we do have um, you know HR as an initiator of this and HR you know taking ownership of of the fact that you know this this is as important as you know time and attendance and payroll it's as important as making sure that you know people are not only 
you know, at our location, but where in our location are they? You know, do they need to be having the interactions or can we look at sort of, you know, less people having to be in the office or that, you know, those people that feel more safe at home um, and sporadically, you know, coming into the office on, on different off days. But it allows for different strategies to come into play as it relates to HR. And I would even say specifically on that wellness conversation that I, that I could return to. But we also see other uptake from, you know, facilities and from administration as well. So if, if I'm the person in the organization that looks after our real estate or looks after, you know, um, where desks are and who has access to different floors and, um, and materials, that this makes perfect sense for them too. Because I think about my workplace as who's allowed in and who's allowed access in and out. And, and then furthermore, I can kind of take this to another level that, um, you know, I, I might have IT involved because IT needs to look at the privacy and the security element that's, that's, that's going to have this. And certainly that is a you know, profound conversation that we have, especially in Europe, but more mainstream around the world now where, you know, people's personal data is very important. So how we anonymize that content, how long do we host, you know, people's information and when they came into the office, you know, these become important conversations. So we have that in, in, in intersection point, but, but I would say, by and large, this is a senior leadership conversation. That that's what what's really interesting to someone like me who has sold, you know, recruitment software, performance software, payroll, um, you know, and and you know, a lot of sort of HR data. Where I would say, you know, we've been struggling to allow our leadership to really understand the ROI that's associated with this. This is something that senior leadership absolutely understands because the moment that we shut down work, the moment that we shut down offices, the moment that we we shut down all of these other access points for our customers to access our talent, we we no longer have a revenue stream. We no longer have a support stream. And so um, the C-level is absolutely involved in this, if not, you know, sometimes initiating this conversation. You know, you've you've been doing this for, well, you know, a couple months. Um, It was obviously the pandemic was somewhat of a surprise to everyone, although, you know, it was anticipated it was going to happen sometime, but it just wasn't going to happen in 2020. Um, Has has there anything that's happened that surprised you um, that caught you or the, you know, your company, your team off guard? You know, there's there's not, and I mean, you you referenced the Hong Kong situation and, and you know landing at the airport, and so we've had a couple of iterations in our company that probably give us a really strong um, footing on this. I mean, our our company started as health tech, um, so you know the first application of the wristbands that I showed earlier were were literally um, you know in New Zealand hospitals and um, and and you know Hospitals in New Zealand look more like clinics in the United States, smaller operations with specialty services and things like that. So imagine a newborn um, baby and, you know, who's got a health issue. And so they need to be sent off to another facility that provides a specialization. So we put contact tracing wristbands on infants that were being moved throughout New Zealand and, and, and ensured that they were attached to their rightful owners as they moved throughout the country. We took that application and we said, hey, you know, as soon as, 
As soon as issues started cropping up specifically in Asia, we had an immediate solution to be able to provide jurisdictions like Hong Kong and Singapore, where um, where they've thought about this, um, you know, intently because, you know, they're an island in, in some situations and protecting the feasibility of their island and their citizenry and people who are flying in and out. And so we've provided a solution to those countries and then we've migrated. So I would say, you know, the surprise has been how this evolution has taken on different forms. We've also had to think a little bit more creatively about how we actually get through COVID and what other applications we can start thinking about this and where this becomes meaningful to an organization or how this becomes meaningful for other types of things that come up as well to provide for the sustainability. So we get to some really interesting conversations with companies on how this can be applied. Yeah, I I bet. Uh, yeah, that, that would be uh, that whole other conversation. Well, yeah. so you know, one of our other questions. I that in the musical theater category, maybe. Honestly, well, real quick, Gord, how does somebody even start to respond to you when you say, "By the way, here's an idea"? Because it's one of those things. It feels like to me that when someone says, you know, when you present what you can do, there's like nine thousand new questions that they didn't ever think about. Yeah, I mean, I and, and I and I think that you know, in uh, you know, like like HR technology, you know, we end up getting into this conversation of can we pilot this, right? Can we roll this out and just imagine for a second what the potential applications could look like? And you know, as as sort of a, a, a good salesperson and consultant in HR software, would be like, oh, that's really hard to do because you know we're looking at rolling out employee software, and it takes a long time, and there's lots of different configurations that we have to think about. In this particular situation, I can do, I can, I can absolutely do a pilot. I can send five wristbands out. I can send twenty five wristbands out, and take a look at what it takes to, you know put an office complex or a small location of your very large company and see how that works and how it all comes together. And so I think that there's a really neat way for us to be able to roll out something immediately for this. But, you know, I was in a conversation this morning where it's like, you know, we're only really as good as the lowest common denominator of your employee. If your employees aren't putting this thing on, if they're not wearing it, back to that co- cooperation story, then then we're probably putting a lot of other employees at risk. And so we want to make this as, you know, utilize the, the, the utilization of this has to be as easy, as friendly, as, you know, as streamlined as possible. Yeah, yeah I would think so, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many variables. There, you, It's almost like herding cats to a degree, but you have to start somewhere. And to Iris' point, right? But we have to move forward. We have, you know, it feels like this limbo thing is going to wear thin sooner than later. I mean, we're coming into Q4 right now. wonder how many sales organizations out there are actually thinking, let's see what happens versus we need to sell our asses off, right? So at some point, something besides nothing has to be done. Yeah. Yeah, and I think waiting this thing out, you know, which which is a strategy, sadly, that some will do, and they'll just sort of say, you know what, this this thing's going to blow over, and and you know, and I think you know, if you just follow the news and you kind of play back the news, you you hear about how it really hasn't, you know, here we are, and you know, I'm a I'm a father of you know two school age kids, and it's kind of this return to school has not been awesome for a whole lot of reasons. I mean, it's 
it's um, you know first of all mixed messaging. Second of all, you know you're you're managing a different type of dynamic of you know skewed scheduling and who's allowed to come into the building, who's not allowed to. Certain kids don't feel comfortable in going into 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 the school environment either. You know just that on its own, and you think about you know we're we're many months away from when this started. And, and a lot of organizations are still trying to figure it out. And I think, you know, a lot of this is we really have to start planning to put a very strong, predictable plan in place. And that's where we're, we're coming into the conversations now. And it's like, okay, we can't wait this out. So there was a, there was a question. We, we just have a, we're, we're getting toward the end. So just want to get everybody's thoughts yeah. on this. A uh, question came in, uh, are people going to think this is another way to be tracked? And I think we talked about that earlier. Um, what, what's your sense, Gord? Um, well, so no, I think, I think this is more like, um, in, in, you know, we're looking at combining different, um, ways of, of utilizing form functions that are familiar and utilized to people. So if I take the office environment, you know, Today, it's really hard to get into an office complex without registering first mm-hmm. with the, the admin at the at the front desk and putting your information and your contact details and all that sort of thing. What if that could just be a singular experience? And so now what's happening is you're coming in and you're putting a wristband on. So, so that takes on the same sort of consideration. If I'm going to a football game, you know, to be able to apply a wristband that could serve as my ticket as well you know so it's kind of like i was already being tracked when i was going into the the football game you knew where i was sitting and now this is a situation where we're able to if if somebody does get infected that they're able to notify you and not any more than that it's not about finding a new mailing list or advertising in a special way or doing all of that sort of thing it's literally single purpose for your health i I think you just gave us some insight into what some of those conversations are Yeah. yeah 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 But hey, here's what's next. So, you know, I, I get my ticket in the mail and it's going to tra- track me all the way from my home to the event, right? <laughs> so, so, hey, uh, Gord, we, we can be talking about this forever. Definitely got to get you back on. This is going to be an ongoing story for sure. Uh, you know, we always talk to our guests of, of what's going to happen, you know, 12 months from now. What are we going to be talking about? I'm sure we're going to be talking about this or some variation of that. Uh, how can people get a hold of you now uh, to learn more? Uh, about uh, contact tracing, about TraceSafe, and about yeah. you. Yeah, best best way. Um, you can come and visit us on our website. Website. So we're just TraceSafe, T-R-A-C-E-S-A-F-E dot I-O. So TraceSafe.io. And my email address is Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N, at TraceSafe.io. Absolutely. And I know you're on LinkedIn as well, so you can, we, we, you can get connected there too. Uh, any uh, final comment? We got about uh, you have about a minute. <laughs> so. Oh no, I I really super appreciate this opportunity to speak with you. It's you know this is a fascinating time as you as you led off the conversation with. It's some of these things where we're we're taking cues in the, in the workplace. Um, and, and I know you know many of your audience members are thinking about this as it pertains to the workplace, but we're taking our cues from sport. You know, we're taking our cues from, you know, mass events, concerts, and and things that people have gone to by choice and for fun and for entertainment. And
And, you know, these types of aspects become super important to getting through this thing together, but it also kind of flows through into work and being able to apply some of these different things that we can utilize, um, you know, very, very responsibly and, and also with some fun and some good conversations and some great, um, you know, strategy and innovation at the same time and apply this to work. And so I think that this is the future of wellness. I think it's looking after our employees, but our employees and, and you know, being able to track how, um, you know, that virus may have spread so it doesn't bring down our business to a halt. It doesn't stop us from economic activity. So we're really excited about being part of Company's Future for that. We'll definitely be continue, continuing the conversation. Thanks so much, Greta. It was fascinating. It was a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Yeah. Keith, um, we, we keep uh, tackling some very, very interesting uh, topics. And what, how, how relevant was this? This, this was fantastic. Thanks it, for bringing him on the air. Incredible. I mean, this is juicy, right? This has got future of work. Uh, it's got HR, it's got innovation, it's got all of it. And, you know, no, you and I, hey, if Frank Diana, former guest who's a futurist, would say, I don't know what's going to happen. You and I don't know what's going to happen, right? And it's incredible to think that there's this, and it almost goes back to what um, Alan told us, right? Another economic uh, forecasting guest of ours. There's going to be so much that comes out of covid that you know, pre as COVID was kicking off, we hadn't, we wouldn't have a clue. And this is an exciting topic that'll be around for a while. Oh yeah, and and again, accelerating a lot of things we were talking about and creating a lot of new opportunities too. Uh, a couple of announcements here you saw before, just a few minutes ago, scrolling across the screen. Um, I've launched a couple new live webinars. Uh, we're going to be. Uh, uh, talking in two weeks, uh, you can go up to crowdcast.io forward slash cyberwolf. Uh, there's two events posted there. One is about uh, how to grow your team. Uh, it's a great time. Uh, we talked about skilling to open the show, reskilling, upskilling, learning, unlearning. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, one, one of the platforms that are available. Uh, we're going to be doing a, seminar, a webinar on uh, your candidate experience. There's all FCD'd up, you know, for straight. Uh, the uh, frustration, confusion, disappointment, distraction, uh, probably my most, my, my 20, 2019, 2020 before conventions went off, uh, you know, one of the most popular topics. So we're talking about candidate experience and uh, we're also um, uh, kind of a new special event. Uh, Ed Gordon, who was a, a guest uh, we had not on this show, but on another live stream I did. Uh, he does a monthly, he did quarterly. He's going to do a monthly Gordon report. He did as a newsletter for the last 10 years. We're now going to be doing it live. Um, so uh, every once a month on a Friday. So a lot of good stuff. Um, Keith, final word. Thank you. Um, and congratulations to you. You made the number two position. Yeah, number two, uh, Thinkers 360 global thought leader and influencer. So. Global HR thought leader. My man, Ira Wolf, and we're just getting started. Thanks to Zor, Success Performance Solutions. This has been great. I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. Thanks. You've been listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm Ira Wolf with Keith Compagna. Don't let the shift hit your plan. 